Episode 54 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk as we get closer, crossing my fingers, to the bubble being open for business and as we get closer to another big couple of weeks for the Knicks where we have a draft coming up, coaching decisions are on the horizon as well and some news about that will lead the show we'll get into some draft talk specifically you guys can't get enough of it so we're going to keep on giving it to you until the knicks have to make their biggest decision arguably besides the head coach of course of the entire off season we'll get to that we'll also get to more question marks surrounding the bubble COVID 19 sports in general and how it could impact the nba's restart including things that just continue to pop up. That's making at least me concerned. I think not enough people are being concerned about it. But in general, uh, things about COVID-19, the NBA's bubble, and how it's affecting sports in general will be our second topic because it keeps uh, popping up. So we can't really ignore it, at least not this week. So let's start with the Knicks, as we always do. Get the, uh, the Knickerbockers their love first. Let's start with the draft. I kind of wanted to go with the coaching stuff. There's not a lot to get to there. Um, I thought about bouncing back and forth. Basically, you know what I'll do? I'm going to call a little bit of an audible here, and I'll lead with the coaching stuff because there's not a lot there. The good news is, and this is really uh, right around the time of recording, Tom Thibodeau is formally interviewed with the Knicks, and according to reports still remains the favorite for the job. This is good news, in my opinion. I think this is great. He has followed through. The Knicks have been able to sit him down. He has taken the interview. It is official. Um, Obviously, there's a couple of things that make me concerned. Number one, there are other teams that are interested in Tom Thibodeau, and I think he is the best fit right now for the Knicks, apparently reportedly. I should say the Nets and the Rockets are both interested. Uh, Kenny Atkinson is also going to interview, um, according to Shams and Mike uh, Mike Vakornov as well. Uh, Mike Miller is going to get an interview as well. And obviously, then I get you know the other candidates that have popped up that are you know making me nervous about you know again Tom Thibodeau, uh, whether or not he's going to be the guy. Obviously, Jason Kidd. He's certainly being in, uh, you know, a candidate as well, including other numerous other head coaches. Excuse me, numerous other assistant coaches as well are also uh, being considered. So, the good news is that Tom Thibodeau sat down for the interview. The bad news, in my opinion, is that we're a long way away from him being the Knicks head coach still. So we'll see what happens. It's a positive thing in general, but that's all we've got really on the Knicks coaching front. Tom Thibodeau sat down for his interview. With the Knicks, no really inclination as to how it went, but it happened. The Knicks can move on from here, and I guess they will likely move on to, I guess their second choice, or whoever they interview. Doesn't the the order is normally not in their preference who they'd want. Um, but Kenny Atkinson will get his shot. Mike Miller will get his shot, and then we will see who else, because uh, there's reportedly up to upwards of eleven candidates that will get a chance to interview for the job. Um, Let's get into the draft. The draft seems to be something that you guys 
every week almost, I get questions about the draft. I get questions about different prospects. Um, I Listen, you know me. You've been listening to this show long enough. What is this? Our 54th episode of the podcast. We're getting close, guys, by the way, to a year since the podcast started. We might have already passed that, actually. i got to double-check on that. We're getting close to a year since this podcast started. We're at 54 episodes, so 52 weeks in a year. I think we've actually passed it. I didn't even realize that. Oh, my goodness. But over a year now, I guess if you go by the weeks there, of doing the podcast... I go back to two things with the draft, with the Knicks. Number one, and again, we've been again. You guys have been asking me draft questions, I mean, even during the season, which is it's great. I I enjoy. You know me again. Uh, to finish off the point, I didn't finish really before I realized how long we've been doing the show. Um, you know me. I love talking draft. I could talk draft for a whole episode. I really could. I, I'm a big college hoops fan. I have covered college hoops since my college days. I still do it um, as well from time to time as a professional. So I I go back and forth between college and the pros a lot. I really enjoy the college game. Um, You know, I was probably um, one of the few people. I'm just trying to think like, I I don't know how the numbers were, but I I was watching the basketball tournament, TBT. I was tuning in to watch the Ohio State alums, the Dayton alums, the, you know, the Marquette alums. I was all in. Syracuse, I'm all in. I'm I'm watching that when it's on. I watched a couple of good games the other day. Uh, I think the big, a Big Ten alumni team played a Dayton team, Red Scare or something like that. I watched that game, then I watched a little bit of the Ohio State alumni's play as well. I think they're the, they're the defending champs led by uh, Aaron Kraft, who was a great college point guard. Pretty good pro point guard as well, just never got his chance really in the NBA. Uh, but Deshaun Thomas is on that team as well. Some some good players, uh, no question about that. So I stay, I try to stay clued in on a lot of this stuff. But the one, there's two things that have not wavered for me when it comes to the draft. And we'll get into some where, you know, some people have the Knicks going and, and where, uh, again, the, the, but we have a, we have a little bit of news regarding one of the draft picks, but we'll get or one of the draft prospects, and I'll get to that in a second as well. But two things have not wavered for me. Number one, the Knicks have to take a point guard with the first pick. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter if they get up to the top three, or if they go and they drop down to seven, or they stay at six, or they go maybe they go up to five or four. It doesn't matter. You know, if you're in the lottery and you're the Knicks, there's enough talent at the guard position where you can take a point guard and feel good about it. You have to do it. There's really no other options with that first pick, especially now that you have a second first round pick up your sleeve late in the first round. You have to take a point guard with that first pick. There's only one exception. There's only one exception. I've said this before. If the Knicks get the first overall pick, which is highly unlikely, that changes the discussion for two reasons. Number one, there's two fantastic non-point guard prospects at the top of the draft. There's two really good ones. There's no question about that. The second reason is one of those prospects is Anthony Edwards. (laughs) 
Anthony Edwards is arguably, again, arguably another generational talent. And, and the Knicks need a lot of talent on this team. Anthony Edwards, for me, is the only exception to this rule. If you have a chance to get him, you get him. But the Knicks are not getting him. This is, you know, again, we're, we're, we're dangling the Zion carrot in front of you again. The Knicks are not going to be getting Anthony Edwards. You can mark my words. If they do, we'll all meet up and I'll buy everybody drinks that listens to this podcast. There's thousands of you, tens of thousands of you that have been listening to this podcast. I will buy you all drinks if the Knicks end up with the number one pick and they take Anthony Edwards. I'll do it, but it's not happening. So, so you can, you know, don't get too excited because the Knicks are not getting them. That's the only exception because if you get into the top three, so again, we're talking second or third pick, LaMelo Ball is in play. And the news or the big news of the draft for the Knicks over the last, you know, 24 hours during, during the day of recording the podcast, multiple teams reportedly believe that LaMelo Ball wants to play for the Knicks. He wants to be the star. Uh, and this is according to Ian Begley of SNY. Um, multiple teams were projected to select after the Knicks in the draft believe that Ball and those in his circle prefer New York. They want the Knicks. Uh, LeVar Ball wants the Knicks. Uh, take that for a, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Um, they want him to be the star of the Garden. They want him to own the city. And they want him to be the guy that fi- that fixes the franchise. Now, to be fair, for those that are rolling their eyes, we've talked about LaMelo Ball on this show, and I'm sure you've heard him being talked about a lot going to the Knicks, because, to be fair to him, in Australia, he's fantastic. He, he was fantastic. And, by the way, if, if memory serves, now owns the team he plays for, which is just uh, just crazy. Just crazy to even think about, to be honest. However... When you look at his six foot seven frame, look at his ball handling ability, his court vision. Yeah, I I, th- I think he could be a guy that really the Knicks would be drooling to get. You know, absolutely fawning over his talent. And again, there's multiple reports that have said Lamelo Ball is at the top of the Knicks list, if not at the top, very close to the top, and rightfully so. But I come back to two things with LaMelo Ball specifically. Number one, do you want to deal with his dad? As Knicks fans. You you could say right now, and I've heard multiple people tell me this, mostly fans, to be honest with you. I have a number of fans who text me. Of course, they're my friends, of course, as well. um, That say, hey, Sean, uh, for me, it's LaMelo Ball or bust. And I say, well... (laughs) Do you know who his dad is? Like, do you remember? This doesn't always go over well with his dad. Knicks fans, I could easily see being pretty tired of LeVar Ball pretty quickly. Now, obviously, the ultimate cure for that is that, you know, his son kicks bleep in New York and is the star that we we could see and expect him to possibly be in the NBA. And if he's the start of this turnaround for the Knicks... He will go down as one of the greatest Knicks to ever live. Like that's what's that's the potential for for Lamelo Ball. Melo Anthony couldn't do it. Melo Ball could get it done. And I, I don't know 
if that's what the Knicks fans want, if that means LeVar Ball is going to be around. For me, I, I think it's worth the trade-off, but we, you know, it's not a slam dunk that that's how it's going to turn out. So that's a, there's a risk there. And to be fair, it's, it's a little unfair, but his dad kind of set that up for him. So I can't really give him too much sympathy for that. They asked for this. However, the talent is potentially off the charts. So I don't, I don't blame the Knicks for putting LaMelo Ball near the top of their draft board. He's going to be a top three pick. I don't think there's much debate about that. I would be shocked if he gets any lower than third or fourth in this draft. I just don't see it. I, I think when you look at the top of the draft at the moment, again, the lottery could change things. It did last year. It could very well change them again. Right now, Golden State, those, oh my goodness, just the wheeling and dealers of Golden State, Bob Myers and company, they've got the first pick at the moment. And I think I'd be shocked if they didn't take Anthony Edwards. Almost every mock draft's got them taking Anthony Edwards. It just feels right. It's a perfect match at the moment. I think Obi Toppin is the only other, the only other possibility there. I think it's either going to be Edwards or it's going to be Toppin going to Golden State as it stands right now. Cleveland's got a much tougher decision to make at number two. Because if Edwards goes number one, do you take Obi Toppin? Do you take LaMelo Ball? Arguably to position where Cleveland, you know, where how, how confident is Cleveland in their guard situation? I don't know. I don't know. There's been some good signs there, but I don't know. Do they take James Wiseman, a seven foot one center who could be a shot blocking machine and d- develop into a phenomenal player? It's a difficult decision, but it's a decision that really could dictate how the rest of the top ten goes. I mean, that that really can. Then Lamelo Ball's in play, really in play at three. Minnesota could easily take him. Atlanta at four, probably won't take him because of Trey Young, but it's possible. Probably more likely that Atlanta takes James Wiseman or Onyeka Okungwu from USC. Most likely going to go for a front court player there. It, it back court almost doesn't make sense for Atlanta at this point because of what Trey Young has been able to do in such a short period of time. You know, again, Killian Hayes some had going to Atlanta at one point. That's not happening. Killian Hayes is more likely to go to Detroit, the Knicks, Chicago, Charlotte than Atlanta. He's not going to be a top four pick, Killian Hayes. It's just not going to happen. I've seen multiple mock drafts over the last few days have, again, the Knicks with Tyrese Halliburton going to number six. For some reason, Cole Anthony, for some mock drafts, is plummeting right now. Again, others have uh, the Knicks taking Cole Anthony, which I think just makes so much sense. I think it could really be a nice pick there. Others have the Knicks taking Killian Hayes. Some have them going abroad, uh, even more, you know, again, name that some of you haven't even heard of. I can't even, I don't even know if I can pronounce it. Denny Avdija from Tel Aviv in Israel is another player that is close to where the Knicks are picking. Isaac Okoro from Auburn is another. So, again, those are some of the ones that are out there. I've said this from the beginning. If the Knicks stay pat or or they go down slightly in the mock draft, or I should say in the draft after the lottery, for me, there's two options. 
there's two options. If you're anywhere near the top four, you go after LaMelo Ball. If you're below the top four, you have to take one of two guys. There's only two options. There really are only two options for me. Number one is Cole Anthony. I still have him slightly ahead of this second option. And the second is Tyrese Halliburton. There's, those are really the only two for me that I would be satisfied with. If I'm a Nick, you know, again, I am, but Knicks fans would be satisfied with. I, though, really, I, Killian Hayes would be a slap in the face. It really would be. It's not working out with Frank Nilakina. You guys know where I stand on this. Many of you stand on this as well. On this same side. Some of you don't. I get that. I get you that you've seen some of the signs. And again, I've said this during the season. There have been flashes of good from Frank Nilakina, but it hasn't been good enough. Not nearly good enough. You have to take a guard that you think is going to be there for the next 5-10 years. And I think the two best options are Cole Anthony from North Carolina and Tyrese Halliburton from, from Iowa State. There's really no other options there for me. Killian Hayes would be their guard option, but again, even if those two aren't available at 6 or 7, which one of them will be, I can guarantee you of that based on need, one of them will be there at 6 or 7 for the Knicks to take. Honestly, I'd look elsewhere because, to be honest with you, after that, the guard, the point guard options get pretty scarce until the second round. Maybe late first round, where there's going to be a couple of options. Because then, again, if you don't get who you want, that's a different story, right? If if ball goes number one or two, the Knicks are picking sixth, somehow Cole Anthony and Halliburton aren't on the board, which again, very, very unlikely. A Gungwu makes a little bit of sense. He's a versatile big man. Devin Vassell from uh, from Florida State makes a little bit more sense. He's a shooting guard. You look a little bit further down the depth chart, the point guards then you'd be reaching for. because see, So then you look at the, who's the best available. And honestly, I think if you want shooting, you're looking for Devin Vassell or maybe even Aaron Naismith from Vanderbilt. Because then further down... You know, if again, if you take best available there and it doesn't happen to be a point guard, there's a couple of options for the Knicks at the end of the first round, right around 25, I think, was where the Knicks are picking right now. Jamius Ramsey, who I've mentioned in the past, is a combo guard, an option there. And Devon Dotson from Kansas is another point guard option if you don't get what you want in the top, you know, with that top pick, that first pick in the lottery. But in, honest, in all honesty, I think the Knicks are going to get one of those three guards. I really do. I think the Knicks will either get LaMelo Ball, they'll get either they'll either get LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony, or Tyrese Halliburton. For me, if it's not one of those three, it's a huge failure with that first pick. Right now, it's, it, it's going where the Knicks want it for that first pick, I think. They're going to get one of those three guys. It, it, it makes too much sense. And I, and I think that with the team they have together, putting together the, the, the plan for this draft, 
you got to nail that first pick. And if you get one of those three, I think the Knicks, Knicks fans have to be relatively happy. And then you go from there. And I think if you get one of those three, the second pick in this first round, again, is huge, but the pressure's off a little bit. It's off. If you get that one of those three point guards, the pressure's a little bit more off with at least the fan base, with that late first round pick. Because now you're just looking for talent. You could get another guard if you wanted to. You could get Ramsey or Dotson. Or you could say, hey, we need more talent. We're just looking for talent and we're just looking for best available. Sadiq Bey from Villanova comes into play. Jalen Smith from Maryland comes into play. Elijah Hughes from Syracuse comes into play. Isaiah Stewart from Washington comes into play. Now I'm diving a little bit into the late, into the early second round. But Zeke Naji, Tyler Bay, Emmanuel Quickly, Cassius Stanley. And again, these all be, these could all be second round. The next second round pick is not too far after the first, or should, should say the second first round pick. There's five or six good options there. Trey Jones, mentioned quickly. Malachi Flynn, Cassius Stanley. Peyton Pritchard, Ashton Hagens. There's guys there. Again, I'm dipping dipping down a little bit, but I'm a, you know you know me. I'm a little biased on this one, but Miles Powell, who for some reason has fallen off some draft boards. I think that's just a crime. I think that kid could really shine in the right system in the NBA. He could be a, he could be a big wild card in the second round. And again, I for some reason. Uh, there have been some people that have asked about bigs and, and forwards. I think you're looking second round for those. I really do. Unless, I, again, for me, there's a couple of exceptions for first round guys. Again, Sadiq Bey could be a stud at the next level. And if you have a chance to take him, that's something the Knicks should consider. It really is. Especially recent Villanova, Villanova guards, grads, forwards in general. That has really translated well in the next level. Sadiq Bay could be a really nice selection for the Knicks. I really do believe that. Another guy to look at second round. And I think I haven't talked about him a lot, at least not recently. But you know, I also again there's some foreign guys to consider as well. Can't can't uh can't take that off the table. But if you're looking for just talent and you're looking for longevity. I honestly, and again, if the Knicks can, if the Knicks, again, if you go guard, just talent, maybe you get a forward or a wing player or a big, you know, a center, Emmanuel quickly is a great second guard to grab in this draft. I think he's falling for harsh reasons. I think he's a talented player, really uh, strong with the ball in his hands, great ball handling ability. He's becoming a great shooter, an alpha male on the offensive end of the floor. Dare I say he's quick, no pun intended. He's a fast kid, can get up and down the floor really quickly, no pun intended. In general, he's a great all-around player, and I think that he could really translate well to the next level. Classic example of had a good but not great freshman year, needed to come back, and just towards the end of his sophomore year was phenomenal he really was great for Kentucky towards the end of the season what a shine in the NCAA tournament didn't get a chance to and I think that might be why he's dropping a little bit 
We didn't get to see the completion of his season. I, I think quickly, maybe Powell, Miles Powell from Seton Hall suffered a little bit from that as well. Those are a couple of guys that should get drafted and get drafted higher than where they're at right now. No question in my mind. Again, I mentioned Trey Jones, Malachi Flynn, Cassius Winston, Peyton Pritchard. Marcus Howard, by the way. Knicks need some shooting. Marcus Howard really would be a nice pick in the second round. Miles Powell's another. To be honest with you, you look, look even deeper down. Yeah, Malachi Flynn, by the way, another great shooter. Ashton Hagens is another good Kentucky guard to look at as well. Now, again, the Knicks are, are probably not going to need to look at him. He's a little bit lower down on the board, but he's another guy that's shown good signs in his second year at Kentucky that he could be a good player at the next level. Now, another guy I haven't mentioned a lot who I liked with Baylor last year, I just don't think he's going to be on the Knicks' radar. He seems a little too low on the list, but Jared Butler from Baylor had a really strong uh, sophomore campaign on a really good Baylor team that probably would have underachieved in the NCAA tournament. They were dealing with injuries. They had a tough uh, finish to the season, despite you know still finishing right at, towards the top of the Big 12, battling Kansas all the way to the finish. Jared Butler right now on, on a couple different mock drafts is going to a team like the Clippers, maybe the Nets, the Kings, the Raptors. Teams, for the most part, that are established. And if he goes anywhere from 50 to, I don't know, 59, could be in really good shape. Golden State's got a couple picks in there. Oklahoma City, the Clippers, the Raptors, the Sixers, the Nets. All of those teams have got a foundation moving forward. And Jared Butler, again, probably not going to go to the Knicks, but could be on their radar. He's a solid player, 6'3", combo guard. I really like some of his stuff from Baylor, and he could be a guy late second round, mid to late second round, who could be an option for some for a team that's probably not going to be the Knicks. But I'm throwing him out there because there are moments where trades are made. There are also moments where teams move up or down, try to get picks or to try to get the guy they want and get a little bit extra as well, or move up and sacrifice to get the guy they want. I think at this point we can take a break when we come back more on the COVID-19 situation with the NBA and the bubble in Orlando. We'll dive into it next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm losing track uh, how many times we've talked about this on the show, um, but we have to. I mean, it's it's really the only big story that consistently dominates the NBA news cycle over the last couple of weeks. Um, And that's the bubble, the restart to the NBA season. I've come on, I think, I I mean, I'm guessing here, but probably five or six different times talking about the bubble and the upcoming season. It's getting closer. Uh, We're about three weeks away by the time you listen to this podcast from the season tipping back off again in Orlando at the Walt Disney World campus. Here's the deal. Teams are starting to get ready, right? Teams are starting to get their team together. They're starting to bring everybody down. A lot of teams are taking blows, right? 
a couple of teams have really uh, lost some players because of not only the COVID-19 pandemic, but because of the social injustice that's currently and continuing to go on in this country. Um, obviously, you know, an article I wrote today, I, I wrote that I read today, I should say, pardon me, um, was about Victor Oladipo's decision to not play for the Pacers and how big of a blow that could be. Although to be fair to the Pacers, they've had a phenomenal season without him for a lot of it, to be fair. So that, you know, again, but it's, it's just one of those things, right? I mean, the Pacers traveled Thursday, uh, this is on NBA.com if you want to go read it, to the Walt Disney World campus and their assigned hotel for quarantine in advance of practices. They're going to play the first of the three scrimmages they are scheduled to play on July 23rd. And I believe they're playing the Sixers. So that's the team that they're tied with, uh, by the way, in the standings for fifth place. So that'll be an interesting scrimmage, uh, to say the least. Um and again, they will play. I think their first game is August first, if memory serves. Uh, but the Pacers uh, flew out on on Thursday morning, so they're there now, right? They're there, not they're there, but they are there. They're on they're on campus now. This is becoming a reality. Um, and Nate McMillan's got a lot to deal with. You know, obviously, not only the fact that Victor Oladipo is not going to be there, um, but the fact that players are continuing to drop out from not only the NBA, but Major League Baseball. This week, David Price, a notable pitcher for the Red Sox, stepped away and said, no, I will not play when Major League Baseball restarts. We've had two Major League Soccer teams that have now um, backed out. Dallas pulled out a couple of days ago, and predictably, according to multiple reports, this was the second team was uh, seen to have um, only to be a matter of time before they would drop out as well. But Nashville is also out of the MLS's back tournament. MLS, by the way, the MLS's back tournament, they've only played two games. And two teams have dropped out. So, again, this is scary. It's really scary. They're, by the way, at the same facility the NBA will be at. They are at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. And again, both are due to positive coronavirus tests. I believe Nashville had 10 positive tests. And I think either... An 11th that was a staffer or the 10 included a staffer. That I'm not sure. I'll have to take a look, another look at that. But already two teams have backed out. There's already a team that's backed out of the NWSL return as well on the women's side of things. In Bradenton, there's been complaints about the facilities that the uh, Women's Soccer League have had to deal with as well, which is just appalling. Some of the stuff that you read about that they've had to deal with at the facility that they're playing and where... What is it? I don't know if it was bathrooms or showers or, or something like that. They're just disgusting. And they're just not being taken care of properly. And that is just, it's even worse considering what the problem is that we're dealing with in this country right now. On multiple levels. Back to the NBA. I, 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 
I hear I hear multiple things by by paying attention to you know radio, TV reports, you know written media. It seems like the overwhelming thought is that they're going to figure this out, right? We're going to figure it out. We're going to get these games played. The seasons will be completed, and we'll just we'll just figure this out. I I get more and more worried about it. The more I read about hesitation from players hesitation from now teams tests coming back positive left and right and again you can't just look at the nba because of where these other teams are trying to restart these games i mean it seems like everyone and their mother right now is in florida and major league baseball it's even worse for them because they have to travel and I was talking to a couple people earlier today, including some family members. I remember thinking, you know, at this rate, we're just going to be watching hockey for three months. I mean, they're the only, uh, they're the only professional for, uh, for professional league that's in a relatively calm place right now, as far as COVID nineteen is concerned. They're up in Canada, and they're ready to go. They're ex- they're anticipating that their teams will be ready to play. Now, to be fair, they've had some positive tests as well, but their bubble is in a much calmer place right now for positive tests, new cases, and rising cases. Whereas Florida, it's as bad as any state right now. It's as bad as any state in the United States right now. And I mentioned this last week, Arizona, their numbers are skyrocketing right now. Texas as well is right in the middle of it. And when you put it that way, it makes a little bit of sense. And Nashville, again, Tennessee, not exactly calm right now with COVID-19. More cases are popping up in those kind of states right now, in the South, out West, in the Midwest as well. Even in some parts of the Northeast, they're creeping back up again. So it's, it's one of those things where Man, I get frustrated, you know, day by day, you know, I see more news of people not wearing masks or or not social distancing. And some states, by the way, that still have not put down enough regulations on trips to the beach, trips to, you know, going to other people's houses, you know, not requiring masks, suggesting it's like, what are we doing? And the, I, I, I've said this for weeks now on this show. I've ended it a couple of times on this podcast. If you want to see these games to be played, whether you're a big NBA fan like you are, like many of the people that listen to this podcast, and most I would say, if you like the NBA, there's a good chance that you listen to this podcast as far as, you know, our audience is concerned. Most of our audience wants to see these games to be played in the NBA. I'm sure a lot of you want to see the baseball back, hockey, football soccer as well i've had a number of you that that have reached out to me and tell me that you're also soccer fans it's one of those things where for me i have this one really bad thought in the back of my head when this first all got shut down it took one league took one league the nba and the dominoes fell from there The rest of the league shut down. March Madness was canceled. We all know the story. For me, it's how it could all end again. 
It just takes one league. One of the four major leagues saying, you know what? We're not going to do it. And there's a way you can help. And the way you can help is to social distance, quarantine if you have to quarantine. If you have to go back to work, I know plenty of people that have to go back to work. I get that. Or if you've been working this whole time, continue to follow the precautions at work that you have to follow. And if you're outside your house, wear a mask. And if you can, also wear gloves. If you have to go to a public place, you have to go to a store, you have to go to a pharmacy, you're getting groceries, stuff for outdoor supplies, doesn't matter. Wear a mask and also please, 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 if you can, wear gloves too. Both are important. Both could be huge in helping this get better. And if you can stay inside, you could she should stay inside. I know it's nice outside. You know, again, I've been one that's been trying to get outside as much as I can. I get if you have to. If you you know you want to take a walk, a hike, or whatever, but do it with a mask on if you know you're going to be passing people and you can't social distance. You know, I, I I'm someone that likes to go hiking. You got to bring a mask. I I've, I've passed too many people on trails during this pandemic that don't even have a mask with them, and on those trails. You can't socially distance. There's not enough room. You need the mask. If you're walking down a street and you live in the suburbs, you can you can switch to the other side of the street. You can you can socially distance. I get that. But if you can't, you gotta wear a mask. It's 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 essential. It really is. And I get worried day by day. I really do. When I see another player another team, another tournament where someone says or a team's, you know what, well, we just can't do it. We can't afford to do it. There's just too many people that have been tested positive. It's too risky. It's not good for my family. And I get that. I get that. Or the again, the racial injustice. I get that too. I get that as well. Ah, oh, the the more weeks that go by, the the more the more days that go by, I just get I get more and more worried about if the NBA is going to tip back off again. I really do. The MLS is back tournament again. If you want to see the NBA back, this is going to be a big test run, and so far not so good. Yes, they played two games, but two teams are out already, and again. I'm I'm worried about it. There's no question about it. Listen, I didn't get a chance to watch the two games. I know that they were... The first game was relatively good. I, I, I was told things went relatively well. The broadcast went relatively well also. But then when you hear these stories of teams dropping out, I get I get skeptical. You know what I mean? I really do. And I just hope that they can figure this out as safely as possible. Because it's not like Europe where these these leagues are finishing and it's again less people but also less percentage of cases, less percentage of new cases. So it, it's a different ball game. The precautions are in place, everybody's on board, and those seasons will be finished relatively close to being not not on time, but you know, not too far off into the distance where it could, where it was on track to finish. So, here we are, sitting 
and waiting on the NBA. But seriously, I'll leave you with this. The next couple of weeks are big. Because MLS has got a lot of games coming up. Their, their tournament runs until August 11th. So we're going to see a lot. And again, same place where the NBA is. So again, maybe you're not a big soccer fan, but keep tabs on MLS because if it goes well, there's a much better chance the NBA will be getting to come back. But if it doesn't, who knows? They could be the league that dictates what happens with the rest of pro sports. They're the guinea pigs at the moment. And again, many people say, well, you know, I don't follow MLS. MLS is not my thing. I'm not a soccer guy. You might want to take a quick look to see where that tournament's going because it could have a big, big impact on how the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NFL specifically could finish their seasons while the NHL cools down with some some mooses and some uh, nice, polite people up in Canada who are just sitting there saying, hey, we got our, our sports coming back. We feel pretty good about it. They'll be fine, it looks like at the moment, but the MLS could be a big, big barometer as to where the rest of sports in America finishes and how the rest of this will go as our country continues to deal with multiple problems, and and in this case, in this conversation, the pandemic as a whole. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show if you want to reach out to me, at SJ7 on Twitter is the place to do it. Or postingandtoasting.com, Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Go into the comments. Leave me your thoughts on where the Knicks should be drafting, who the Knicks should be drafting, and the current situation with the head coaching search. Let me know what you think about the situation of sports coming back in this country. And give me your general thoughts on where the NBA is at the moment. Thank you again. Can't go unsaid. Thank you again, as always, for listening to the podcast every week during the pandemic. You guys have been fantastic. Hope you're all safe, doing as well as you possibly can during this difficult time. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Have a good week.